I am Alana from Chicken House Press, and this is Writer's Chat. Welcome to the latest Writer's Chat. I am just settling in getting ready to welcome Rebecca Benison into this Zoom meeting. We are going to talk all about her brand new book release, Harvest Cruise. This just came out Sunday, January 28th, and um, I'm excited to chat to her all about this book, about the process, about her inspiration. There are some wild things in here, and all my interactions with her have been so sweet and gentle, and so that's such an interesting thing when someone who seems like to have a softer, gentler personality throws out some wild stuff. So that'll be a fun conversation. I'm just going to read you the back cover so you get a sense of what this book is all about. Jerry is an introverted writer who is most comfortable at home. When her boss turned best friend wins two passes for a singles cruise, she thinks she's taking steps toward expanding her circle. What begins as an uncomfortable but enticing foray into a world of awkward flirting and adventure quickly becomes a fight for survival. With kidnappings, murder, and conspiracy, Jerry finds herself in the middle of a story she never could have imagined writing. So right away, you're getting enough information, hopefully, to pique your interest. And yeah, I can't wait to um, to learn more about what went on behind the scenes in creating this great story. Rebecca is a New York-based writer. She's from Long Island, a professional storyteller. Her weekdays are spent connecting with audiences on behalf of brands, while her nights and weekends are devoted to fiction. Harvest Cruise is her debut novel. When she's not at her desk, Rebecca can often be found in her garden. How's it going? Going well, yeah, it's exciting. Good. So Harvest Cruise, it came out, okay, today is February 2nd, and the book came out on Sunday, January 28th. So been out almost a week now. How does that feel to have your first book just available, that it's out in the world? Yeah. You know, it's so exciting, um, actually, you know, being able to see it, hold it and, you know, get that out to other people and see other people reading it. Like, that's really exciting. I've had um, people, you know, reach out to me, you know, what chapter they're on and, you know, what they're thinking, you know, as they're reading it. That's been really cool, like seeing other people now, you know, getting into that world. What's the tone of the feedback that you're getting? It's been great. I feel like people have been saying that it is relatable. One person said that he was thinking about when his brother went on a cruise and came back and they hadn't heard from him for a day and they were freaking out. So it's like, you know, like they're reading the book and thinking back to, you know, this real world scenario. And, you know, obviously his brother was okay, thankfully. But, you know, um, it's very cool that people see the characters as relatable and those feelings, you know, that they're able to to think of themselves, you know, that they felt similar feelings in different scenarios um, or could see themselves feeling that way. I think that's been the greatest feedback is just relatability and being able to really feel what the characters are feeling. Yeah, that's a great compliment. Yeah, definitely. 
So, so, so much of the narrative is really hinged on the cruise. Mm -hmm. So are you uh, experienced in cruising? Have you been on a cruise? No, it's funny. Um, I'm like Jerry in that I'm afraid of water. <laughs> I'm afraid of going on a cruise. Um, I always have been. Um, so I've never been on a cruise. I have family members who love it, though. I mean, they go, you know, um, as often as they can. Um, so it, it's interesting, I guess, having that dynamic. I would say I'm more open to it now just because doing research, you see how exciting and how much um, is offered on cruises. Personally, I've never been on one. And you're not turned off from them now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine someone picking it up and maybe they've wondered about going on a cruise. They pick yeah. up this book and then it's like, no, it's off, <laughs> it's off the table. Yeah. I think what's interesting about it is the fact that this book is set, you know, within the cruising environment, but it could really apply anywhere. I feel like the real world is so scary that like there are just so many opportunities for bad things to happen, I guess, no matter where you are, that it almost doesn't really put you off this one situation just because you could see it happening in so many others. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> sure. And do you feel like you, do you really relate to Jerry in the way that she's kind of quiet and introverted and kind of a homebody? Is that, were you yeah. writing yourself onto the page? Yeah. 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 I definitely think that people who know me personally will recognize a lot of me in that character. Um, so writing her, I feel like was very easy because in many ways, I could think of, you know, what would my response to a situation be? You know, how would I be feeling in this? Um, you know, I'm definitely anxious, introverted, you know, so a lot of those feelings are authentic. You know, those are things that, you know, I would be able to feel in myself. And I think that's what lends such authenticity to the character is, you know, their real feelings. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of me in there. Yeah. And is the character of... Uh... It's Lisa, right? The, yep. the friend. Is um, Lisa based on someone in your life or just kind of a general yeah, she, women's friendship? Yeah, no, she was modeled after a former boss that I had, actually. And I feel like that, again, definitely informed the dynamic between them. I wouldn't say I was as close as, you know, Jerry and Lisa were, but I think her overall personality, you know, the extroversion, the sense of adventure, you know, that's definitely modeled after somebody and probably more than one person um, that I've known in real life. Yeah. And have you experienced someone like that pulling you out of your shell and pushing you to bigger experiences? Or are you more of a resistor? No, definitely. Well, I would say I'm a natural resistor. And yet at the same time, I do absolutely go out of my shell a lot. I almost feel like I push myself out of that a lot, which surprises me sometimes how many things like I volunteer to do that, like, it makes me uncomfortable. But you know, it is the sense of growth, you know, you're expanding your horizons and, you know, just doing new things and, you know, grabbing onto opportunities as they present themselves. So yeah, I mean, if somebody came to me with, you know, an exciting opportunity, you know, definitely, I would take it even if it was scary. And it's something that yeah, I've done in the past, and it usually works out well. So yeah. 
Good. And it's all an opportunity for learning. Mm-hmm. No yeah. what, even if the experience is bad. Yeah, it's true. And then you look back on it and, you know, there's so many situations where, yeah, in the moment it's, you know, something that seems insurmountable or horrible. And then looking back, it, you know, it could be a funny story later. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about the research that you put into this book? Like how, how much maybe did you, did you do is a lot, a lot of it just kind of an invention of your imagination or, and the locations that you take the reader are those yeah. places that you really explored with research? Yeah, I would say the locations, the settings are the areas where I spent the most time researching because I did want it to feel authentic. And, you know, if people have been to those places, I want them to, you know, experience and, you know, I don't want it to take them out of the story, basically. So I would say those are the areas I spent the most time researching, looking at topography, wildlife, and, you know, making sure that things are accurate, uh, basically. And then, you know, speaking to people who have, you know, gone on vacations and, you know, similar things and seeing what those experiences were definitely help also. Mm-hmm. And you, so you haven't been on a cruise yourself. Have you been to any of the locations that are in the book? I've been to Boston. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been to Boston. That was about it. But no, I've never been like on like a tropical type of vacation or excursion. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Well, now now you'll have to. Now you'll be I know, yeah. 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 <laughs> have to do like a, a tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your own little harvest cruise. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not harvest cruise, but yeah. <laughs> Something, yeah, a little uh, lower location. stakes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, absolutely. In your your initial submission to me, you talk about being a professional marketer. That's what you do for your your day job. Yep. And so what kind of stuff are you doing for that? Yeah, so I work in content marketing. So I write like a lot of blogs, case studies, emails, like, like a lot of basically business type work. So mm-hmm. um, when I meet people, I usually say I'm a business writer just because I feel like that translates more easily yeah. for you know people yeah. not in the industry. So yeah, my day is spent writing and then fiction is definitely a very different type of writing. It requires you know, a very different part of the brain where you have more creative flexibility. So even in business writing, I mean, there is definitely a need for creativity because you want to relate to people. And I guess that is where things are similar. You know, either way, you have an audience that you're trying to reach and you're writing in a way that will resonate with that audience. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel like the two go hand in hand. And then definitely using that experience to then try to market the book is helpful also. So yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it all kind of is a natural progression with that. Do you have any tension between switching out of your business writing hat into your fiction writing hat? Are you ever just like enough? Like, I just don't (laughs) want to write another word. Yeah, no, because they're so different. I feel like the fiction is a break from the business writing. So like Harvest Cruise was written I think almost entirely, if not entirely during lunch breaks while, you know, (laughs) yeah. So like, just those 45 minute snippets during the day, it was a mental break from, you know, all of the various corporate speak and industrial speak and, you know, being able to kind of be more creative and, you know, build things um, just on my own without having to, you know, go to uh, an industrial reference, basically type situation. 
so I'm good about switching between the two in that sense. I would just say at the end of the day, sometimes it's having the energy just to stay at the computer, even, you know, as your eyes and your wrists, you know, kind of need a break from things. So that's been the biggest challenge is, you know, just maintaining the physical energy, I feel like, um, between the two. And now you told me before that it took about a year to write that, and was that just your first draft or was that your full process? Yeah, draft? no, that was the first draft. And then I would say editing was probably off and on maybe two years after that, just because it it's hard then, you know, it's done and you kind of step away from it for a bit and then going back into it and, you know, finding that time. That I felt like was a little bit more challenging actually, um, just because, I don't know, the brain you're out of that creative element now. And now it almost feels more like a, a grind, I guess, you know, it, it feels more like a job that you're sitting down to do. So mm -hmm. I feel like that was actually the part that took a little bit longer for me. Did you have support during that? Writers groups or critique partners, anything like that? It was all solo? Yeah, I'm very independent. I don't like people reading my work until it's finished. So yeah, like until I, until I, I'm happy with a draft. I don't want anybody else to read it, basically. Um, so, yeah, I'm very much an independent writer. And then after you had it to a point where you were comfortable, did you invite people in then or were you still holding it pretty closely? Yeah. Yeah. At that point, I started querying and basically any feedback that I got during that process, I was incorporating. Mm -hmm. I had some personalized rejections from agents that definitely fed into my edits. And so the manuscript changed quite a bit from that. I will say that I spoke about it to people close to me. So kind of getting their sense of various situations and, you know, where things were going was also able to help inform it. So I would say that was more of the process for me. It's interesting because often writers are very introverted and quiet and it is hard to take that vulnerable step yeah. of putting your book in someone's hands so what was it like for you when you actually did release it did you have a couple of places who requested fulls from you yeah yeah I did. yeah so how did that feel releasing it out to several strangers yeah what is that what is that process like that was exciting <laughs> yeah so when I first started sending queries my first query ever was rejected in an hour but the second query which I sent like 10 minutes after that one like the next day I actually did get a full request on it which was super exciting so yeah having people who read even partial you know and were excited to read more it was super encouraging and it definitely it gave me more confidence in the work rejections are something I feel like as a writer they come with the territory and maybe it's the fact that like being a business writer professionally like I'm used to it so like that I don't take personally but seeing the validation that something is good like that's something that yeah like I'll take that personally so that definitely <laughs> fed into um you know positive energy and excitement to get it in front of more people and you know build from there what are some things within the feedback if you were giving advice to an agent or or a publisher to say what kind of things support you, even if they weren't going to move forward 
with your work, what is valuable for an author to hear? Yeah, I mean, I think having the specific feedback. So were there any, was it the style of writing, the tone, was it the characters? You know, what was it exactly that you felt wasn't a fit? And sometimes it's none of those things. It's just the fact that it doesn't fit with what they're looking for, you know, on you know, another level, but definitely if there is specific feedback, that's helpful. In my case, I had a couple of agents reach out and say that the beginning was too slow. The first chapter was too slow. So I actually ended up cutting that chapter after getting that feedback a few times because initially I didn't want to change it. You know, Mm -hmm. I was still pretty set on it, but, you know, this is a recurring thing. So obviously, you know, I don't want it holding my writing back. You know, I want the story out. So it was something that I went back and completely changed the beginning. And that's when I started getting more positive feedback also. So it got to a point where I felt like I was getting closer to, you know, securing a publishing deal because I felt like I was getting more personalized feedback that was, you know, it was close. I don't know. You just kind of get a feeling So that was something that, you know, I appreciated. Definitely. You want to know if there is something wrong or something that's giving people pause. What is it? This way you can fix it. Yeah, that's great. Are you still pursuing an agent for future projects or are you you just taking a rest for now? Where are you at? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say right now I'm kind of taking I don't know if I'd call it a break, but I'm focusing on promoting Harvest Cruise. Mm -hmm. I have another, I have a a middle grade manuscript kind of on the back burner. So that one is finished. It's been, you know, in the querying trenches for quite a while. So every so often, if I see a request for something along those lines, you know, I'll submit it. But for the most part, kind of taking a break, focusing on Harvest Cruise. And what are some of the promotional steps that you've been taking? Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of outreach. So working local media, trying to get placements, local neighborhood groups, you know, sharing it in that respect. I've been trying to do a lot of graphics that I can share on social media, um, some videos. I'm just exploring TikTok um, for the first time, pretty much. So that's actually been, you know, interesting. You know, I've worked in social media for a really long time. And I feel like working professionally is different than when you're representing yourself personally. So it's like you almost don't want to add another social network to the mix. But that one is something that, you know, book talk has been taking off, I feel like. So I was like, okay, let's see what this is all about. And it's been interesting. You know, I'm still very new to it, but I am seeing, you know, encouraging numbers so far from it. So we'll see how that goes. That's great. Yeah. There's some real heavy, dark themes in Harvest Cruise. And my impression of you right from the very beginning was that you're very sweet and quiet and calm. (laughs) (laughs) Is that true? Yes. (laughs) Because that's how you come come across (laughs) in all our interactions. So how does someone who like navigates the world in this gentle, quiet way, create a story with so much darkness. And what does that do to you? 
it's funny because like I had never even read a thriller until I was in one job that had like a free library basically so I was just you know on my lunch breaks I would be checking out these books at work and um you know it was books that I never would have picked up otherwise but they were there so you know I'm sitting to read them and I was just drawn to these thrillers I was like wow this is so exciting you know I love the fast pace of them and so I don't know I just really enjoyed reading them and at that point I hadn't considered you know writing a novel length work at all. You know, I was doing short stories. I've always kind of been an underwriter, if anything. So like, it's been hard coming up with more longer form, like of that length. And then I entered a short story contest with like a prompt. And it was basically that short story that I felt like I could expand on and create a longer work. So that was how Harvest Cruise actually came about. As a person, I am very reserved. I am very quiet. You know, I know I feel like it is surprising for people to read this coming from me. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just it's something that I enjoy reading. So it was something that, you know, definitely having read those works informed my storytelling and pacing and just, yeah. <laughs> and did you have some favorites? Of those thrillers that you read? I really liked the Jack Reacher books, actually. Um, I thought those were, like, really engaging. I like the James Patterson novels, like Stephen King. Um, I try not to get too much into horror, because that stuff does, like, keep me up. But, um, yeah, no, I, I really like uh, just the fast pace and, you know, multiple points of view type stories, you know, that kind of keep you wanting to read the next chapter to see, you know, what happened, you know, to that person last. Now, there was someone who just shared a video. They have a comic book store. Yep. You know who I'm talking about? Yep. Harvest Cruise, written by Rebecca Benson. It's an adventure thrill horror book, and I personally can attest that I've been up all night reading it. And as soon as I'm done with this show, I'm going to read the rest of it. Okay, Amy, is the show over? Because that wasn't a joke. I, I was right in the middle of this. Jerry should learn what no is. He referred to your book as horror, which yeah. I've I've never really thought of it as horror, but as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, there are real elements of just your yeah. horror. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it really fits. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting, especially if that's yeah. not a genre that you really love to read. Yeah. There's different types of horror, I feel like, and supernatural stuff I can't deal with. <laughs> Interestingly, I guess the more true crime, real world stuff. I mean, I don't want to see it definitely, but I feel like reading the fiction is different in a way. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but yeah, that was Brian Luca, Fresh to Death Comics. Really appreciated, um, you know, that review and, you know, the fact that he is engaged and reading it and, you know, had it on the show was really exciting. Yeah. And is the book in the store there too? I don't think so, but that's a good question. (laughs) Yeah. Something to follow up on. Yeah. So I was surprised when you said that you'd never really considered writing long form fiction before. So when did you start embracing storytelling? So even short stories, was it as a child, as an adult? When did you discover that? Yeah, I would definitely say as a child, even 
in school, you know, you're asked to write these different stories. And I mean, everybody has to do it, but I really enjoyed doing it, you know? So, you know, that kind of was the spark, like initially. And then outside of school, you know, I kind of continued writing, you know, various stories that popped into my head. And even just not writing, you know, I was a constant daydreamer, which, you know, Mm -hmm. much to the chagrin of my teachers, I guess, you know, I wouldn't even be paying attention in class, I'd be thinking of, you know, different stories. Um, So I would say that storytelling has always, you know, been a part of me, but definitely coming up with a novel length work was really intimidating. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to get started because I didn't think I'd be able to finish. So being able to do that was really, I don't know, it was something that I'm just proud to have done that, you know, Uh, and, you know, it's inspired me to continue doing that. You know, I have several other works in progress now that, you know, taking a break from right now, but, um, the fact that I feel empowered to even do that now because I've shown myself that I'm able to do this, you know, it is, it's an exciting feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do the other works that you have on the back burner, are they kind of dark too, or are you navigating to new, new seas? Both. (laughs) Yeah. No, one of them is another dark thriller. And then um, the other, one is a pretty light YA uh, young adult book that was a complete departure from like anything I've written before because even the middle grade book which is a completed manuscript that one also kind of veers a little dark you know it's like a darker sci-fi middle grade so this young adult one is like super light and just that was like really fun I I should get back to that one that one is it's nice. I don't know. It's definitely something that I hadn't done before and I'm enjoying it. And have you had multiple projects on the go at once or do you focus on one at a time? It's hard to say, honestly. Harvest Cruise, I think, had some overlap with the middle grade. And then these two other ones that are works in progress, I started the thriller and then the idea for the young adult popped into my head and was like, okay, I need to start this. So then I kind of shifted to that one. So it's kind of going back and forth, but even reading books, I'm often reading like two to three books at any given time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel like my mind does like just having options, you know, depending on what mood I'm in. Yeah. That's amazing because I think there's two two types of people, right? There's the one person that can only focus on one thing and do not distract them. And then there's others like you who can have so many things going at once. I think that's amazing. And I do believe that the more we open ourselves up to ideas and making creative space, the more that lands on us in an almost annoying way and overwhelming yeah. like why are there so many ideas and I think it's yes just, yeah because you're open yeah making space yeah yeah no I feel like sometimes it's a problem I, I volunteer to do too many things um you know it's just everything is so interesting but no I feel like it almost it takes the pressure off in some ways because if you're stuck in one area there's something else that you can typically go to so i like having that ability to kind of switch between them depending mm-hmm. on you know what is exciting to me in the moment why wouldn't why wouldn't we all have multiple projects yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's great how do you find balancing family life home life and writing life so 
that hadn't been as much of an issue. I just had a baby actually last month. So now it's, thank you. Yeah. So now it's like a huge challenge. I'm new to parenthood. And as of right now, um, with the newborn, that's definitely like taking all of my time. So yeah, squeezing in bits of promotion for Harvest Cruise where I can basically. And then that's why like I'm kind of taking a break from like actual writing at the moment and just kind of trying to find that balance, you know, where I can. It's a process. <laughs> For sure. And it'll keep changing over time too. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. You just have to be flexible and open to <laughs> do whatever yeah. you need. Yeah. yeah. If you could create your ideal situation for writing, what would that look like? So like, I'm one of those people who like a lot of people like having like music, you know, going in the background and I'm like a silence. I, I like to work in silence. So ideal work environment for writing is a quiet room by a window. That's like something that's important to me. I like being able to look out the window while I'm working. I like having plants around me, just, you know, quiet, serene atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for someone who's who's just kind of getting started on a long form piece of writing? Yeah, I would definitely say get started. Um, so I feel like that's something that holds a lot of people back is just, you know, the fear of starting something so big. And I feel like you do just have to kind of sit down and, you know, get started. As far as I know, there's like a lot of, um, you know, are you a plotter or a pantser, as people like to say, you know, writing on the seat of your pants. And I feel like I kind of shift between the two. So like, I would say don't feel intimidated if, you know, you can't come up with the full story at once, because I don't. So, you know, as things come to me, you know, if I can think of, you know, a structure, then I'll get that down, you know, as it comes. But I wouldn't let that worry you. I would say, if anything, going back, um, building your platform is huge. Mm -hmm. So early on, you know, figure out what networks you like, you know, where are your strengths? Um, you know, are you more invested in one network than, you know, others? And if you're not, then see, you know, where is that opportunity to grow and, you know, start building that community early on because it is so important in the success and growth of your writing career, basically, you know, getting noticed by others. And then when it is time to release, you know, you want those people in your court. Um, so the bigger your network, you know, the better your chances. So I would say definitely get started on building your platform early on. Mm -hmm. Which that alone is daunting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how do you like to show up for your community that you're building? I think it is very reciprocal. So, you know, you want people to be invested in your work and share your work. You need to, you know, do that for others as well. And that's really how you kind of build those connections too. And, you know, I mean, I've made friends through Twitter, um, you know, and it's something where, you know, we support one another as writers. And I think that's super important, you know, so you want to join conversations, you know, as you see, trending events that people are talking about, you know, see what those conversations are about. And you don't necessarily have to join every conversation, but you definitely want to know what's going on, um, mm -hmm. you know, within the industry and even outside the industry. So I feel like just having that presence and 
keeping your ears open basically to see, you know, what's going on. You don't want to talk into a vacuum. So, you know, yes, it's important to post frequently, but you want to engage, you know, I would say more importantly than even, you know, posting in the beginning is, you know, engaging with others to really build that sense of camaraderie with others. And you mentioned getting started on TikTok. So is that where you're investing most of your time now? I would say mm, maybe 40%. Okay. No, probably not even. <laughs> um, <laughs> content creation is where a lot of it is going toward. Mm. So I'm keeping in mind the fact that content that I create for TikTok is going across the other networks also. Mm -hmm. So that's like a good thing to keep in mind. So that's why it's hard for me to say that I'm devoting a particular amount of time specifically to that because ultimately it's going to other places as well. Community building wise, I would say Twitter has been the main one for me. I feel like the writing community there has been very strong. Mm -hmm. So that's where traditionally I've spent the most time. I'm actually getting more invested in Facebook now, also building up my author page mm -hmm. and joining more author groups on Facebook to kind of build that community. And then TikTok, I'm still kind of getting my feet wet, you know, figuring out what exactly that looks like there. But yeah, it's it's been interesting and I feel like it's all, you know, just part of that growth overall. So, mm. yeah. And do you find it hard to commit the time required? Like now with a new baby, it's got to be almost impossible. So congratulations for anything that you're, <laughs> that you're getting. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like in the morning, I've been waking up so early in the morning and I feel like that chunk of time where she's still asleep, like I have like, you know, one and a half hour to two hour stretch where like I've just been completely hyper-focused on, you know, whatever the task is of the day. Mm -hmm. So that's actually, I feel like it's made me more productive in that having that little window of time. Mm -hmm. I just completely do that distraction free, you know, focus, get as much done as I can. And I feel like I am accomplishing a lot more than I thought that I would just having those, you know, moments in the morning, at least I feel like my mornings have been like really productive. But that's great. And I understand yeah. your time budget, I think, can flip things really on its head make you really understand if this is all I have, I really, I yes. really do need to show up. So I think that's really important. Yes. There's some philosopher or smart person who said something about how our work expands to fill the time that it's allowed. Mm -hmm. So if, if, yeah. we, if we think we have two months to complete something, we're going to take two months to do it. But yep. if we cut that and say, no, you have one week, we have the capacity to show up and make things happen. So I think that that's amazing that you've identified that time and that you're dedicated to using it. I think that's brilliant. And it's going to serve you really well as you move yeah. forward in your career. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been helpful. I'm afraid yeah. to say it out loud because now I feel like any bosses are going to hear that and be like, okay, well, we could cut the deadline in half. Don't do that. <laughs> but um, yeah. I'm not talking about your bosses. I'm just talking about your personal. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. What can we expect from you moving forward? Yeah. I mean, hopefully Harvest Cruise is going to be a bestseller. I'd love for that. <laughs> but yeah, no. Moving forward, I really think that the thriller that I'm working on, I feel like that will be a really, I think it's a good one. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about it. And then, I mean, hopefully the middle grade also. I feel like that story is 
so unique. So I should get back into really, you know, querying that one and, you know, refining it, getting that one out there, because I do feel like it's a good one. <laughs> I feel like it's different from a lot of things that are in the market. And I could see a lot of kids relating to it. It has kind of a nerdy main character, you know, very book smart. And there is like a lot of science that goes into the story. So I feel like it's a particular audience that'll like it, but I feel like that audience really will like it, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's great. That's exciting. Yeah. I hope this is just the, the start of something really, really big for you. Me too. Yeah. And I'm excited that I'm a little part of it. So yeah, no, a big yeah. part of it. I mean, you're the reason it's out there. So yes. yeah, no, yeah. it's, it's amazing. I love the story. I love the book. I hope that it gets the attention that it deserves and yeah. we'll keep, keep on pushing and reminding people that it, that it's out and that it's definitely worth their time. Yeah, yeah, so far, I mean, the feedback interviews that I've gotten have been so encouraging. Mm -hmm. Like, I, when I saw the reviews coming in on Goodreads and, you know, on the blogs of those reviewers, I was so beyond thrilled to see that, you know, like, it, it was so heartening to see that, you know, people who I've never met, you know, complete strangers, they're reading the book and enjoying it. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's amazing. So yeah. I, it's I so it. much different when it's coming from a stranger than yes, it's coming yeah. from a family member. That's been like so exciting to see. Good. But we still want your family members to leave reviews. So yes. So yes. don't let them off the hook. <laughs> we, want, yeah. we want everyone, everyone to spread the word. I ordered bookmarks that have a QR code that goes to Goodreads. Um, <laughs> so this way, yes, I'm going to be giving those out with all the books that people order. And yeah, just a reminder. So mm -hmm. once, you know, they have it, they've read it, leave a review. <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. great. Well, I'm excited to yeah. see where it goes. Yeah, me too. Do you want to tell people where they could find you online, like what your um, your usernames are so they can look you up? Oh, yeah. So on Facebook, I am Rebecca Benison. Um, so I have um, that page is available. On Twitter, I'm rbenison89. So you can find that Twitter handle, LinkedIn, Rebecca Benison, if you know that's your network and you're there. <laughs> and then I do have an author website, rebeccabenison.com also. And the good thing about that one is it has the links to everywhere, basically. And so it has the social profiles, it has links of where you can buy the book, you know, just general updates. So yeah. If you can condense into like, one really concise sentence, no pressure, why someone should pick up this book, what would you say? I would say it is an exciting break from the day. So definitely, you know, you want to forget where you are, you know, what you're doing, you know, maybe you are at work and just, you know, need a mental break. This will take you out of, you know, out of wherever you are. It will provide that mental break you might have trouble getting back to whatever you were doing before, but that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> comes with the territory. Or, or lose sleep. That's some of the yes. feedback I've been hearing. Yeah. Keep, yeah. Keep, yeah. Keep that was like half of the reviews mentioned that. And I was like, wow, that's great. You know, one review mentioned that they read it in one sitting and that's unbelievable. So amazing. Yeah. yeah it's a great praise. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy life to do this, for providing such thoughtful 
answers to my rambly questions. That's <laughs> really great. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you so much for, you know, inviting me um, on the podcast. It's been great. Of course. of course. So great to see you. Yeah, same. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. So if your interest is peaked and you would like to learn more about this book or better yet, go and get yourself a copy. You can pop over to chickenhousepress.ca slash bookstore. Harvest Cruise should be one of the very top book options for you. You can order it directly from me. I will ship it out to you. You have the option of choosing prime shipping, which means I will let Amazon fulfill that order. So while you don't get the personal care and attention that I put into shipping books, you can actually save a whole lot. I have to submit to the burdensome prices of Canada Post. Amazon doesn't have to. So there's that option. There's also links. So you can go purchase it yourself on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, other online book retailers. Ebooks are available through many channels, all the main channels, Kindle, Nook, Apple Books, Kobo. So if an ebook is your thing, that's also a cost-effective way that you can enjoy this story while supporting Rebecca and her writing journey. So thank you so much for your time. I hope you enjoyed this interview that you gleaned some really great information and maybe are inspired to follow a new author who hopefully we'll see more from in the future. Take care. <laughs>